1: Hey, good afternoon from Chicago and a hall beaming across the world here. Here at Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God, while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. I'm the host of Market of Faith Marketplace. I'm also the founding partner of Samurai Business Group. We offer entrepreneurs, individuals small mid-market companies and their team's advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled top line revenue within 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we're here to put the win back in your sales. And boy, have I got a great guest today all the way in from Virginia you know uh, we're going to want to introduce you to Tim Lowe, He is the co-founder of Your Next Jump. And man, I want to tell you something. You're going to be jumping out of your seat after you hear about all this great stuff that he's got going on. So, hey, Tim, welcome. Hey, Bob. Thanks so so much for having me on. You're welcome, buddy. Hey, you know, one of the things that you did when you uh, we've had a couple of conversations, uh, you said, Bob, you know, make sure you uh, ask me about the quote. And uh, so I want our listeners to hear what you you sent us a quote. Uh, What was that all about? Oh, yeah. Um, so I th- are you talking about the Bible verse? That-
2: yeah. <laughs> well, good. Yeah. One, one of the one of the mottos that we have uh, in our company uh, and actually uh, most of us, at least in, in, the, uh, in the leadership, are, are believers. And the, the quote that we have is um, is that the Lord provides. Mm. Uh, and and that's something that we say all the time. And, and through uh, some really tough times last year, when, when COVID hit, um, that was something that, that we always shared. And um, and and it, we think about the the story, and, that, and that's from the Bible with with Abraham, um, where he is walking up the hill, and his mm. son Isaac is asking him. He says, "You know, father, you know where? I see we have the wood. We have all of this." but, but where, where's the, where's the lamb? Where, where's the sacrifice? Mm. And, and, and Abraham says to him, he says the, the Lord will provide. And so, you know, I, I think about that a lot because, you know, I was reading about a, a pastor who was, you know, sharing, he, he said an older Christian in his life, you know, had more peace than me about a hard situation today. And he said to him, you know, you have more faith than me. And the older man said, no, no, I have more experience with a faithful God. And, and I love that because <laughs> because as I get older, you know, I'm I'm in my early 40s now, I, I think back and I, I see how faithful God has been. And I think about that story with Abraham as he's hiking up this mountain and he, he has no idea what's going to happen. The Lord has asked him to, you know, to sacrifice his only son and, and he has this big promise to him. And and he has no idea what's going on. But but he's at least hundred years old at this point, um, and 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 older, but he's had this, this experience with a faithful God throughout his life. And I thought that yeah. was just fantastic. And so that's our motto is, you know, whatever comes, you know, next pandemic or, or whatever business, you know, sales drop, um, you know, the, the Lord will provide. And he always the Lord,
1: I love it, buddy. I love it. Well, let's let our listeners know a little bit about your background, your story. Did you come out of Bouncing Baby Christian Boy? <laughs> uh well my both my parents are 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 believers um
2: and so they were young believers when when I was born um but as long as i can remember they have always taken me to church um and i okay. think uh, church has always been um at least early in their career, or early in their their walk has been very much about community. And I think, Mm. um, you know, as I've grown, you know, and as we've both grown, uh, my parents and I, and and my sister, we've grown in our faith. I think it's become very real to us, you know, who God is. And it's not just a community community, you know, um, of, you know, people to get together every Sunday or, or, or to have potlucks together, uh, but really uh, knowing who the, the creator of this world is and how much he loves us and how much he cares for us. And so, um, yeah, I did grow up in a Christian home and, and my parents have always pointed me to to Christ. Uh, and, and that is such a huge, huge blessing. One of the, it is the greatest gift my parents have ever given me and they've given me a lot.
1: That's wonderful. I love it. Now, you know, a lot of folks we've had, I've had an interview with Tim, uh, you know, kind of get off the path, maybe in those early years, you know, when they're going to college and they're freed up and things are just kind of uh, walking in a different direction. I don't suppose that ever happened to you, did it? <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I've, I, you know, I've, I've made a lot of mistakes uh, in, in my life. And, um,
2: you know, one, one of the things that, that the Lord, and just going back to that, how, how, you know, God has been faithful in my life is in every period of my life, there was a, you know, in college, um, and then also, there was a, a period of time we can talk about this later. When, mm. when I was unemployed after I graduated, mm. I was unemployed before I got my first job. During that one and a half year period, and then uh, and then when I moved down here to Washington D.C. and started my career, the Lord put three mentors, three men in my life um, mm. that have specifically. You know, helped guide me. You know, through each of those those periods. And so, um, yeah, I've definitely made a lot of mistakes uh, in my life, a lot of you know, dumb, stupid things. Um, uh, but the Lord has always put people <laughs> in my life
1: to to help me. And you have more to come. Yeah. And be encouraged. Yeah. You know, yeah. the longer you're out there, the, as I found out with my advanced years, you know, the the uh, the older I've gotten, the dumber I've gotten. You know, because I finally got over myself that I wasn't the smartest person. Yeah. and I truly now understand what wisdom is. I don't have all the answers, don't even have most of the answers, but I know where to go and get them now. <laughs> yep, <absolutely. laughs> you know? absolutely. And to your point, having the mentors, because I'm a firm believer in that. And listeners, I got to tell you, if you don't have somebody in your life that is a mentor uh, coming up alongside of you and helping you get through some of the rough spots, I want to strongly encourage you to reach out and get that. You know, it's becoming a lot more popular these days, coaches. And I know that uh, Tim is uh, g- came to me through one of my clients that also is an executive coach and coaching folks in business. And uh, that's how we got to meet. And so I have to encourage you because I know how important that is and how much it's, how much value it's given to me. Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tim, you know, let's let's do talk about those early years. And, and since you brought it up as to what the heck was going on with you and you, uh, first of all, you went to school where? Where'd you graduate from?
2: Yeah, I went, I went to school at um, at Carnegie Mellon University in, in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Um, oh, so that my, little
1: school. <laughs>
2: yeah, so I did, I did my undergrad there and and, uh, and also my, my graduate work. So I, I didn't know what I wanted to do when I was about to graduate. And my advisor said, hey, there's, a, there's this a program you could do and tack on another year and, and get a, a master's degree. And so I, I did that, um, fell in love with the city of Pittsburgh, a uh, beautiful okay. place. Yep. Um. Uh, we I could talk about that all day, but um, right. yeah, I went to Carnegie Mellon University and, and made some really great friends and um, some great memories there as well.
1: Now, were you uh, were you a techie? I mean, was that your background <laughs> that you got in technology? I, uh, no, I, I was a I was a public
2: policy major. I, I did uh, do a, a minor in engineering public policy. That that's very little uh, uh, tech or, or engineering, right? Um, but yeah, there, there's a uh, at Carnegie Mellon, you're you're either. Most people are either technical, yeah, right, or, you, or or you are actually, or or you're or you're in the arts. So um, okay, so it's one of the one of the. One of the best drama schools, so a lot of folks on Broadway uh, come from Carnegie Mellon. So when I was there, you know, you have you have guys walking around in black trench coats on their on their laptops, or you have people walking around singing
1: to themselves.
2: So that uh... (laughs) was (laughs) the
1: wow, wow. Well, did you ever get into public policy or do any work in that area? Since that's what your major was? (laughs) Yeah. So
2: my my first full time job out of school, you know, besides that that year and a half of of unemployment or underemployment, I uh, I I worked for the DoD. So it was right after nine eleven. I I Wanted, wow. Yeah, I wanted to do something, you know, for, for the country. And I, I, I worked for uh, the Department of Defense at a place called the National Defense University wow. down in Fort McNair in Washington, D.C. Yeah. Um, and so they have a lot of research uh, sort of think tanks there. And so I was one of the you're either very junior or very senior there. So you're either the you're former <laughs> undersecretary of whatever or you're just yeah, right. grad school. And so um, really great place to start a career. I uh, was able to get my name on a, a lot of things that, that
1: were published. Um, so really great experience there. Wow! Wow! And uh, so you know that let's let's talk just briefly about that year and a half because that's going to lead us into the next segment after the break as to uh, what that was really about. So what happened that year and a half? What 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 was the deal?
2: Yeah. So um, you know, as you know, for college folks, you know, when when you graduate, and this is a really good piece of advice for for folks that are are graduating, there's a hiring cycle, right? And if you miss that hiring cycle, you you kind of wait a long time. And so um, I when I graduated, I thought, hey, you know, I'm I'm gonna uh, you know, I'll find a job. I'll look for a job afterwards. I actually went with Campus Crusade to on, on, a, on a missions trip that summer after I graduated. Oh, wow. And I said, yeah. I'll look for a job when I come back. And so when I came back, you know, all my friends had been hired already. They, they started work. They were starting work at the end of that summer. Um, but I couldn't find anything. And wow. uh, And I remember that time. That period of time was really... Anxiety ridden because oh, yeah. you know yeah you know, I was working at a place called Circuit City I don't know if you remember you know, <laughs> yeah I remember Circuit, Circuit City, City yeah. and so I had the same job at Circuit City in 1997 when I was a junior in high school as a 17 year old back then nobody knew about computers right? right and so you know I was kind of fidgeting with computers so I knew a little bit about it they hired me. You know, they they brought me on, and uh, you know, at that time nobody knew about computers, so everything was on a commission basis. I was making twenty five to twenty eight dollars an hour as a seventeen year old wow. kid in nineteen ninety seven. So fast forward, I graduate from college, I have a master's degree, I, I have no job lined up. I go back to working for Circuit City. At this point, everybody knows about computers, and <laughs> but except they're paying eight seventy five an hour now, right? Oh, and so every you know every Sunday I'm going to church, and my 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 friends' parents are asking me, you know, hey Tim, how's the job search going, and all this stuff, and and that's a really hard. Question question and answer when, when, when your job searching, because how do you answer that? Right. Yeah, right. And, 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 until, until you have a job, you can't say, you know, what, how your job search is going. And so I always remember that time in my life and just feeling that anxiety, not knowing what is next. And that's why we started our company so that we could come alongside folks during that period, whether they, you know, have family to support, whatever it is that we could really come alongside them and help give them that confidence and give them the the, the tools to do that. So.
1: Oh, man. Hey, folks, you got to come back because in this next segment, we're going to find out what Tim was really talking about as to that company that he founded and what uh, how they're manifesting exactly what he was saying about his own personal experience. Hey, listen, you want to get out there to faithmarketplace.com. We got all kind of goodies out there, and I want to encourage you to uh, text me at three one two. Two one zero zero six zero three. I got a big bag of goodies here, and I'm just jonesing to give them away. So text me with the keyword "goodies." That way, I'll reach in the bag and I'll I'll send you something. Okay, I'll text you back get with the information so I can get uh, something in your hands. Now, listen, we want you to also t- plug into a lot of the programs here on AM 1160. Fabulous programming we have here. So not just this one here on Saturday, but we want you to do that. And also, for those of you that can't listen to us on the on the radio, it's get out there and check out the podcast. So, so go to the website, all the podcasts, hit a button, and that will download and get you into all the podcasts we have. And we've had some fabulous guests. So we're going to be right back with my special guest, Tim Lowe,
0: co-founder of Your Next Jump. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're
1: back here with my guest, Tim Lowe, the co-founder of Your Next Jump. Uh, We're going to get into that a little bit. So you got to pay attention because, first of all, Tim's got a very extensive career. You heard on the uh, the first segment there where he talked about, uh, you know, he had a year and a half where he was trying to find a job. He finally landed a job with the DOD. Uh, and uh, had quite a career there for four years. So Tim, what happened? Tell us about that career, and then what happened subsequently after that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Just a, a, a
2: side, uh, kind of funny story. Um, when we were growing up, my 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 parents are, are immigrants um, from from China, and uh, and you know, typical immigrant story. Um, you know, really worked hard and um, and really provided so much for my sister and me. But I remember as a kid, one of the things that my mom told me, and I don't know why she said this. She said. You guys when you grow up you can be whatever you want to be," she said that to my sister and me. Mm-hmm. And she said, um, except don't be a government worker and don't be a, and don't be a teacher." I don't know why she said that. But anyways, I ended up being a government worker as my first job out of college and my sister became a high school teacher. Oh so <laughs> uh, neither of us are doing those things right now, but um, but I, I don't know why my mom said that. But anyways, yeah, so my, my career path, um, you know, I graduated um, in, in 2002 and I stayed another year for grad school. So I left in 2003, um, was looking for a job basically for about a year yeah. and a half. And so in 2004, I got my first uh, job offer with the Department of Defense and I worked at a place called the National Defense University uh, as a researcher. And so there you're either very senior or you're very junior like me, uh, yeah. but a really wonderful opportunity. And I was there for about four uh four years um uh, really enjoyed the time uh, met some really fantastic people one of my bosses and a ended up being the acting, you know, DNI. He was a director of national intelligence. Um, wow. So just some really, you know, big names there. And so I uh, had a really nice time there. And then I, I moved into federal consulting. So I worked for Booz Allen for about four years. And then I worked for a company called Grant Thornton, uh, which is a, a accounting firm, but they have a, a large federal consulting practice for another four years and then worked for some smaller companies there. But along the way, I, I started a few different companies. Um, and uh, yeah, I've, I've been somewhat of a, a serial entrepreneur. Okay, that's
1: that's great. Now, uh, I, you know, I have to ask you because I'm, I'm sure there's listeners that have never been exposed to the federal government or happen to work in that environment. Uh, what would you give? What, what story do you have, or what would you sh- share with people? What it was like to work for the federal government, and particularly as a consultant? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, it's a little bit different working as an actual federal employee, which was my first
2: position. And then right. uh, working as a consultant, Uh, you know, obviously for those folks that are in the Washington DC area, you you know, you know, they're, they're called the Beltway Bandits, right? And yep. so these are the Booz Allens, the Deloitte, the Accenture, the <laughs> right. of Grumman's and all the lead system integrators. Um, Yeah. I mean, you're, you're on client site. It's, it's a little bit different than the management consulting with, you know, like a, Bain or, uh, or McKinsey that does a lot right. of commercial consulting where the projects are short you know, they're, they're right. maybe six weeks long. Um, you know, you, you could be a, a consultant on a project for your whole career, uh, for, yeah. for, for some places with, with the federal government, but, um, a few things you, you learn, uh, there's a lot of bureaucracy. Uh, right. y- you learn there's some really good people that are really talented, really smart in the government. Um, and then there's, um, s- some, some challenges in, in the federal government as well too, you know, it, right. it doesn't move at the, at the speed of, you know, of, of the commercial you know industry, but, um, mm-hmm. but it's necessary. I, I do really realize dc is a bit of a bubble uh and so um (laughs) so wherever you are at politically you know there's certainly there's certainly a lot of waste uh in in
1: government but there's always kind of a reason behind it too there's always um uh anyway so I'll, i'll leave it at that hey well listen one of the things i'm curious about because that obviously being in the beltway and being in that and all that was there challenges to your faith with with working in that environment yeah, I mean, certainly. I mean, I think um, certainly
2: in the in the consulting field, um, you'll see that there's a lot of um, things that are 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 certainly challenging, you know, to the faith. I mean, when you look at a lot of the consulting firms and you look at the partners that are there, the the ones mm-hmm. that have either grown up in the firm or have come in, you know, at a more senior level, um, the the divorce rate is really high. Wow. Um, and you see just a lot of. Um, a lot of marriages that, that don't last, you know, through that. Mm. And so, um, but I think you can see that anywhere. Um, right. I think it's really important to to remember priorities uh, in, mm-hmm. in your life and, and especially in places like the Washington DC area where it's a very highly educated, people focus a lot on, you know, growth in their career, um, you know, making it to the next level. Um, oftentimes we, we neglect the things that are most important to us. And so, right. Um, so yeah, it is. Um, so
1: your, your faith was really kept you grounded then through that whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and, and like I said, the
2: Lord is gracious and just putting a really good, solid community around me, and and that's why community is so important, right? Yeah, in, in people, you, you can't live your your faith out on your own. Um, you know, the Lord has given us people around us, and and mm-hmm. people are hard to deal with sometimes, um, but but they're also a huge blessing uh, if if you allow them uh, to be in. So um, yeah, having good, solid. Um, Christian community that that can check you and but also encourage you um, is is so crucial to 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 growing in your faith.
1: Well, let's let's jump in here a little bit. No, uh, you know, sorry for the pun, but <laughs> yeah. your next jump. So you've got this great career. You come through consulting, doing a lot with the government, and so on and so forth. So Tim, what what's the why behind your next jump? Mm-hmm. Yeah. My, my business partner, Tony, Yeah, he, uh, he and I have been good friends for a long time and, and
2: we've actually had a lot of friends just come to us and, you know, Hey, I want to work where you're working at, you know, here's my resume. Um, and we've seen a lot of people that were friends and friends of friends that were really qualified that were just not getting the offers. Mm-hmm. And, and we were looking at their resumes. We we're looking at the way that they're approaching interview, you know, uh, uh, preparation, looking at the ways that they were, you know, negotiating their salaries and, and things like that. And we said, Hey, you know, we could really help some people in this area. We were already doing it naturally. Uh, mm-hmm. And our, again, I always remember back to that time, um, you know, I don't know all the details of, of when I was when I graduated and, and under, you know, underemployed. I don't remember all of those things, but mm-hmm. I do remember how I felt. And mm-hmm. I know how people feel, especially when they're looking for a job, making a transition, trying to get out of maybe a toxic environment, or maybe they've been laid off and they have a family with you know, four kids and they right. just need, to, they need the paycheck, right? I, right? I remember how people feel during that time. And, I, and, and Tony and I said, well, what are some ways that we can come alongside and help people in a really tangible way um, mm-hmm. you know, through this really challenging time in their life?
1: So, yeah. And what, so when, when did you start your next jump then? Yeah, we we started in in 2015. Um, and Mm. since then, we've, we've had the privilege of, um,
2: working with almost over 8,000 clients. Wow. Um, And, uh, we've had a, just a a blast. Um, you know, started out slow. Both of us were kind of part time on it. We both have full time jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, um, and, um, you know, about two and a half years ago, I, I, I went full- time uh, in this role and, and it's been um, it's been a blast since.
1: Now, how, how, how much did your previous entrepreneurial gigs, you know, because you said you had several startups through there. How much of those did those help you to form this out and really maybe fast track what you're doing? Yeah, so much. I mean, so many things, um, anything from the
2: logistics of just starting an LLC to an, mm-hmm. you know, or an S Corp and, and all those things, those are all really helpful. Um, but also just um, learning, just knowing that things take time, right? And, and you can't just, you know, and, and we hear all these stories of, you know, these startups that just blow up and, you know, the mm-hmm. IPO and all these different things. You know, most businesses aren't like that. You know, yep. Most businesses take a lot of time to build, and there's just some things that you're not going to know until you're in that situation. And mm-hmm. I think having that expectation and taking every day, day by day, um, and knowing, hey, these are the things I need to get done, and I don't know what's going to happen next, right? I don't know when I'm going to get that next big contract, but here's the things that I need to do to be faithful to that process. And so, so-
1: Yeah. I can see why you got that, why that? Why Genesis 2214 became a theme song for you, because having gone through those things, and I, I, like you, I've had four startups. This one, the company I have, Samurai Business Group, has been the longest. It's twenty over 20 years now. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, and, and each one of those intuitive steps, you know, <laughs> yep. try, yeah. trying to make sure that we, uh, I don't make the same mistakes again, you know, that I'd made yeah. the first time. And then yeah. also the celebrating stuff, too. I think yeah. sometimes we're so head down and working and, and working a lot. And any of you out there, you know what I'm talking about. That's an entrepreneur or you have your own company or you're working. I mean, boy, it's just like 24-7 a lot yep. of the times. And you don't really, oftentimes I find myself not taking breaks. I found myself not celebrating some of the wins and the good stuff, yeah. agonizing over the mistakes and, and what's next and all that. And, and, uh, and that was before I knew the Lord, you know, I mean, I founded three of those companies before I knew the Lord, Tony, or uh, Simon. So, uh, you know, that was another kind of a scenario for me that woke me up when when I, when that happened for me. Uh, it taught me a lot, you know, that I could not lean on my own understanding. I couldn't be driving the business, you know, the way that I would try to do with the other ones that I had to let go and let God. So, yeah. Absolutely. That was, uh, that was a, a great lesson for you. It sounds like you've learned some similar lessons. Well, just before we take the break here, let's tease them. So, your next jump, what does it really do? Yeah. So, your next jump, we call ourselves career coaches,
2: but what we really are is we're, we're a professional branding company. So, essentially, we help people with their resumes. The LinkedIn, job search, strategy, coaching, interview preparation. Um, basically, you know, we do that really beginning part of your job search, right? The marketplace mm. is always going to give you the most feedback. The marketplace right. will tell you very quickly whether they want you or they don't. When you apply, mm. they'll get you that letter and they'll say, hey, thanks, but no thanks, or they'll call you for an interview. And so you better make sure when you are testing that market, you are putting the your best foot forward. And that's what mm-hmm. we help our clients do is to help market themselves, but also give them a really solid plan of action. Because that's the time when people don't know what's going on, when they're not getting the callbacks, right? And so what are the things that you can be doing in a disciplined, focused, strategic way of conducting your job search? What is the best way to do that? And so we really want to help our clients um, understand that and put together a process,
1: but then also put together a presentation that they can feel very confident about. Wow. Wow. Well, we're going to get into a little bit more of that meat on the bone here in this next segment as to what those steps are, how do you get a hold of Tony, but also. He's got a giveaway today. So we want to get you to get out there and uh, text us at 312-210-0603. And Tony, what are we giving away to these folks? Anybody that, you know, that texts us? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we are um, we run a webinar um,
2: periodically. And so this webinar we've done for four Fortune 500 companies and over 3,000 individuals, 98% of the people stay until the very end. We think you'll find it really helpful. We talk about resume writing, job search strategy, interview preparation, salary negotiation. So if you are looking for a job, we have three webinars coming up. They're all the same, join us on one of them. I think you'll find it really, really helpful.
1: Okay, so get up there and text me at that number, 312-210-0603 with the uh, keyword, get hired and we're going to send you the URL for that to be able to get take advantage of this fabulous webinar that Tony's give or Timmy's giving away today. I'm sorry Tim. I keep calling you Tony, you're cut your 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 partner. We'll be right back.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my guest, Tim Lowe,
1: co-founder of Your Next Jump. And where we left off was uh, Tim telling us about how that started, the inspiration for it. But let's dig into this, Tim, now from the standpoint of let's reiterate what it exactly is as far as Your Next Jump and then some of the things that you provide to people. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, So, again, uh, what we do really is we want to help job seekers
2: um, as they test that market, as they start uh, applying to places that they can feel confident about what they are doing. Um, And so um, all starts, you know, obviously, you know, resumes is a really important piece of it. Right. Um, and so whenever we write a resume, you know, there, there's two goals. And one is, you know, a lot of resumes, and most people, if you if you pull out your resume, they they read a lot like job descriptions. Okay. People put down, you know, these are my day-to-day activities, these are my mm-hmm. roles and responsibilities, how many people I manage, size of the budget, these are the projects that I lead. But if someone else had the same job title as you, okay, in any of those roles that you had on your resume, and let's say you're hitting it out of the park, you're doing a fantastic job, but this other person is just not very good at what they do, but they have the same title as you, could they write those same things on their resume, right? And that's a, a big challenge that we see that folks have on their, on, on their resume. The second okay. goal that we have is, you know, when someone picks up their resume, let's just make it easy for them to know that it's that, that, that their resume belongs, okay? And so what I mean by that is, you know, when, when you pick up your resume, I need to know in the matter of a few seconds, what is this person trying to do and what do they bring to the table as it pertains to that specific position that they're targeting. And the easier you make it for whoever is reading your resume to understand the answer to those two questions, the more effective your resume is going to be. So does that get down to
1: Tim is actually really a value statement, uh, you know, instead of just taking and and lighting up the checking the boxes, I did this, I did that, and so on and so forth. Is that more about bringing how you brought value to the job or the value of what, what you do? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not just, you know, a job description
2: anybody can write right if right. you if you got the job and and you're terrible at it you can still write that these are sure. my responsibilities and these are my duties right i don't want to know that you're an it manager i want to know that you're a damn good it manager yeah, right. <laughs> right and so and so those are the things that you want to be able to show and they're not always going to be metrics right not everyone can say i raised revenue or i i found cost avoidance or you know i was you know but there are other things that are proven accomplishments It Mm -hmm. could be you were selected to work on these certain things and your performance evaluations. You got to exceed expectations, right? All of those things speak to not just what you do, but how well you do it. And that's what employers are looking for. And that's what's going to differentiate you. Because right now, every job you apply to, three, four, 500 people applying. And if I'm looking at 300 resumes right now, do you think I'm going to spend one minute on each resume? I mean, 300 minutes divided by 60, that's five hours. No, the reality is on that initial look, I'm going to spend about five to eight seconds. And you better answer those questions to me very quickly, or I'm going to move on.
1: And also, they have a lot of automation, right? A lot of AI that they're running these resumes through first, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're called ATS systems, applicant tracking systems. They're actually not that hard to
2: to overcome. Um, There's really the the ATS of the eye. That's really important. So Mm -hmm. making it easy for the human eye to also see what they're looking for is really important. And so those
1: keywords, they're
2: going to be in the job posting. So make sure that they're in there. But again, make sure that they're not digging through your resume to find it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you mentioned also help with LinkedIn. And I, you know, I'm a big fan of that. I've been, I was in the first hundred thousand in that. That's why I coach and teach a lot of my clients uh, when they're looking at prospecting or getting in, how do you really leverage your relationships in LinkedIn? So how important is that now in in the job search? Yeah, LinkedIn is
2: is is really crucial. And so we we break the job search down to two fronts. We call it the air war and the ground war. Okay. And the air mm. war is you going on LinkedIn, career builder, zip recruiter, indeed, or whatever it is, finding a job, you know, submitting a resume. But there's a passiveness to it, right? You're submitting a right. your resume and then you're waiting to hear back. Right. Yes. The ground war, though, is this is active, right? And so what you're doing is you're hopping on LinkedIn. And let's just say you want to work at Booz Allen. Okay. Let's just give an mm-hmm. example. Um, you get on Booz Allen's website or LinkedIn and search Booz Allen. And let's say your background is in machine learning. Okay. You search mm-hmm. Booz Allen machine learning and let's make it even more specific. You, let's find a way to connect with them. Put Carnegie Mellon for me, right? That's my, mm-hmm. uh, that's my alma mater. Booz Allen, Carnegie Mellon machine learning. Pull up maybe 30 people, right? You start connecting with them. Maybe one out of 10, two out of 10 people are actually going to respond. And you're not asking them for a job. Don't do that on right. LinkedIn. Okay, what right. well, you're asking them say, hey, you know what, hey, um, Bob, you know, I I saw that your background is in machine learning. I have a lot of interest in it. My background is in that. I heard Bruce Allen is doing some really phenomenal work in this area. Do a little research and say, hey, I saw that you guys are working with this, you know, agency. I'd love to just grab virtual coffee with you. Just pick your brain a little bit. Okay. Mm-hmm. One out of 10, two out of 10 people respond. You have that call, essentially you have an, an informal interview. And then you say, hey, Bob, thanks so much for chatting with me back in April. I saw this job posting at Booz Island. I thought it might be a really good fit for me. Um, I just wanted to get your thoughts. Bob is like, oh, right. yeah, actually really good chatting with you too. Um, you know what? Susan, she oversees that department. Let me just send them, let me, give me your resume and I'll I'll pass it along to Susan. You're not going through the HR system anymore where there's 300 people. Susan, who's the hiring manager, all of a sudden she has the resume in front of her. And let me tell you this, you might not be the most qualified person out of those 300, but if you are qualified enough to Susan, she'll just hire you, right? Almost all of our clients who do that ground war find jobs much faster than those who are just submitting, submitting, submitting their resumes
1: online. Well, you're, you're hitting the court with me because I've done a lot of coaching with executives and particularly uh, several different periods of time when they, there was a big flush out of, of executives, particularly in marketing. Yeah. And uh, and I was helping them through that. And uh, you're spot on with the kind of stuff because it wasn't about know-how, it was about know-who.
0: Yeah. And
1: to your point, when a colleague passes that along to another colleague, it gets priority. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And particularly with executives at what we call the hidden job market. You know, those they're not hiring off of, you know, Indeed or those kind of things they are hiring going to their, you know, going to their inner circle, whether internally and then they're going to their advisors outside of that and then then maybe go out to the marketplace if they don't get that filled. So, yeah, you're right. That's that's absolutely the, the way it is. Well, um, it's obvious with some of the things that you talked about, um, the ideal client. Is there an ideal client for you? For, for anybody us, yeah
2: um really anybody i mean of you know of the over 8000 clients that we've worked with um they come from all different backgrounds um you know we've worked with a probably our most senior client was a was a um a three star uh, who's retiring um he was a director of army staff um you know, oversaw, I don't know, 20,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so I would say probably about 85% of our clients are, are what you call mid-career. And just okay. loosely defined early 30s to mid-50s. About okay. 10% of our clients are, are director level and above. There's just going to be less of, of them. And right. then uh, probably about 5% of our clients are what you, we would call new grads, people that are within five years um, out of school. But um, okay. pretty much in, any industry we, we've worked with, um, but people that are interested um, and need and need you know, looking for help and really standing out in that marketplace, that's our our, our, our ideal client.
1: Yeah. And I, I can tell you just have a lot of joy around this and helping people. Yeah. I you, you should see his face, folks. He just lights up when he's talking about this, how he could help. Them. I'm sure you got a couple of stories there about people that came in and how you helped them and what the result was. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Very early on when, when we were starting um, and when we started the
2: business, um there was um there was a guy named sam so his um and i I don't remember his last name but he was an immigrant he was an immigrant from um um, i think nigeria Mm -hmm. and he came here probably when he was maybe 12 or 13 years old and um and he never um, he never got a college degree and he ended up working. And, and again, nothing wrong with that. Um, but he ended up working at, um, as a mechanic um, for the city of Fairfax, um, mm-hmm. helping them maintain all of their trucks. And so he's learned really great skills, you know, in fixing engines and, you know, snowplows and dump trucks and and garbage trucks. He was just really, really skilled. But his passion was always to get into IT. Mm. And so, um, so at night, he would take these classes and certifications and, and he got his, you know, a degree online He worked towards all these different certifications, and and he had trouble uh, communicating that. You know, this is Mm. my background. I've been a mechanic. How do I communicate these things? And so we worked with him in developing his resume, highlighting the things that they're looking for, right? On your resume, you can't just talk about what you want to say. You want to talk about what they want to hear. So we worked with him. Bottom line is um, he ended up getting a a job and and because he was a a US citizen, um, he got a citizenship, um, he he got hired in a federal agency. Um, he got his TS clearance and right now he's wow. well, you know, into the upper six figures. And so wow. and, and you know, the money and all that stuff is is good. But you know, the, the cool thing about it is this, right? You know, he 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 immigrated from this country for those opportunities, you know, and he sees the opportunities that were in front of him and and he um the story is not just his life, but now his wife, his kids. You know, they're they're born in the U.S. They have these amazing opportunities now that he just never had, right? And yep. so, um, and and through just this hard work, and we played a, such a small piece in that, and just helping him market himself. He did all the hard work there, but it was so
1: amazing just to be part of that experience. That's and great, part of that, what a that great story. story. Now, yep. before I let you off here of this one, because we're we I don't want to run out of time. You're yep. talking about your next story. So, give the folks real briefly what's that about. Yeah, yeah, just really quick background.
2: Um, one of the one of the the, the companies that I started before uh, was a manufacturing company that was um, actually working with. Um, federal prison industries, which is under the mm-hmm. Department of Justice. So every federal prison in this in, in the United States, there is a factory that's built on site. It was an Eleanor Roosevelt uh, era program, um, and to really give job training to inmates. Um, in the late two thousands, you know, they they wanted to um, start doing a lot of reshoring, so they're trying to bring manufacturing overseas back into the United States. And so I started a company to help find companies, you know, in China, Vietnam, uh, that mm-hmm. were interested in moving their manufacturing operations here. And so I spent a lot of time in, actually in federal prison. So just. Oh, of, <laughs> I'm meeting a lot of folks. And um, um, and so um, very near and dear to my heart is um, the challenges that um, the, the ex-incarcerated, the people that are exiting prison, who've done their time, who've served their time, helping them reintegrate back into society. And for most right. of them, if they don't find a job. Um, yep. You know, within within a few months, there's like a I don't know what the the rates are, but the recidivism rate is huge, and so that time period is really important to help them set yep. up for success. So we started You're absolutely at, uh, uh, right. Yep, yep. as yep. you we know, I'm involved enough.
1: in what I shared with you. We have a commonality there, but the recidivism rate is 73% within three years. Yeah. If they aren't finding in the two biggest things is finding a job and getting housing. Those are yep. the two biggest issues for them. And of so, course, the you know, being involved with Legacy Reentry Foundation here in Chicago, that's exactly what we're doing. Awesome. I can't believe we're on time in this segment. So, folks, get out there, text us at 312-210-0603 with the keywords get hired, and you're going to get a code to be able to come into Tim. Uh, Tim's webinar that's just chock full of wonderful stuff. Uh, He's done these things, he's gotten one for and you're going to want to be able to get onto that webinar. Anybody that's out there, and tell your friends too, okay? So we're going to be right back with my guest, Tim Lowe. We're going to take on a mystery subject.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with Tim Lowe of uh,
1: Your Next Jump. You've been hearing a lot about that. And we have a mystery subject. We're going to roundtable. What is it, Tim? Where are we going to roundtable? Yeah, let's um, let's talk about interviewing,
2: right? Ah. I, you know, We're talking about how hiring is just kind of um, blowing up or it's heating up right now. Yep. Uh, lots of people are making switches. And so um, let's talk a little bit about when you get to the,
1: the interview stage and and, and uh, what what are, what are employers looking for? Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, you know, I know I know exactly what you're talking about, and it's even tough finding people right now. I know I've got clients right now, and I know one of the ones that's blowing up because I have several clients in this area is technology. Anybody yeah. to do with technology and trying to find those folks, and uh, they're even they even brought back recruiting bonuses, <laughs> you know, sign up bonuses so, yeah. to yeah. get people. But what's your experience been, uh, Tim, from the standpoint of I know the market's changing and everything. So what's crucial for people to know when they're going into that interview? Yeah, that's that's a really good question.
2: Um, I think you know, a, a kind of simple way to do it, to to kind of think about it is, you know, we we what is the ideal candidate, right? What mm. what are they what are they looking for? And so we we break right. it down to we call it the three C's, okay? And okay. so it's it's character, mm. chemistry, and competency, right? Character, chemistry, and competency. And what does that mean, right? And these three things, the intersection of these three things we think is what employers are really looking for right okay. and so what is, what is character right is mm-hmm. there authenticity is this person does this person have integrity right are, are they are they able to 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 be discreet when they need to be discreet um are, are they able to um is this you know is this um somebody that that you can trust and that's character mm-hmm. right um, competency is you know can you do the job and it goes right. beyond can you do the job it also goes to do you have the ability to learn? Do you pick things mm. up quickly? Right. Mm-hmm. And, and and tied with that is also chemistry, is not just the ability to learn. Does this have does this person have the willingness to learn? Um, mm. and then the chemistry part of it again also is, you know, do we want to work with this person? And I think right. really employers are looking for for those three things. And the interesting thing is I think you can apply those three C's. To actually any interview question that you're being asked right and we break the interview down really into three components we call it the the narrative and the narrative is you know you walk into an interview right now and the first thing they, they do you know they shake your hands and or we used to shake hands i guess we don't do that anymore but you know they <laughs> shake your hands and say hey uh, tell me about yourself right and they're not looking for you to walk through the resume yeah oh, this is where i went to school this is where i went to work then i went right. here, and then what they really want to know is in 30 seconds, you know why are you sitting across the table from me? What right. what makes you relevant for this position? Why should I spend the next hour of my day, busy day, listening to why you want to work for me? Right. Right. And so that narrative section, you want to have a really good, succinct answer for them to give them what they want to hear. Okay, that's a narrative. And then the second part is the the technical. Can you do the job? Okay. And they're going to ask you those guys. Tell me about a time that you use this tool that we use all the time. Right. And then the last part is 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 the behavioral. Look. You know, tell me about a time that you had conflict with a coworker. What what's your greatest weakness? Right. Those are those are challenging questions. Uh, <laughs> and I think being able to answer that and and integrating that character chemistry competency into those three, you know, any of those types of questions is really key uh, to, to doing, you know, to showing that that you're a really good fit for that company.
1: What is one of the toughest questions, Timmy, you think that uh, interviewers uh, or interviewees get or candidates have to face? Yeah.
2: Yeah, that, that's a great question. So, um, I think one question, um, you know, people ask oftentimes is, you know, what, what is your, what's your greatest weakness? Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, and there's a temptation to do this sort of humble brag. Right. And the humble brag is, Hey, you know, I've, uh, you know, I, I I really get into my work and I start to neglect other things. And, you know, and, and, and I, I start to, you know, I focus too much on my work. And that's not really a, a good answer because it's really is a humble brag right right I think a better answer to, to something like that would be um it could be something like that okay so for me when they ask me that question I say you know what when, when I started out as a manager when I was a young manager um, you know I would hire teams and stuff but I'd have a lot of trouble trusting them and I ended up micromanaging so I'd always stand over the shoulders literally and figuratively always ask them you know what's going on how's this going what's going on can you let me know what's going on and it's really annoying to people right yeah. you've hired me <laughs> look you've empowered me to do this thing let me do my job And so I recognized that people were just getting frustrated. So I reached out to one of my mentors and I said, "Hey, look, what what do I do? I know I'm I'm struggling with trusting." And he said, "Well, why don't you do this? Look, just tell them, look, hey, I'm available all week, but let's just touch base every Thursday morning. The expectation is every Thursday. I'm gonna you be clear about what you want them to do over that next week. Answer any questions that they have, and then let them do their thing, right? right? And then and then during the week, just be available. Don't ask them." Okay, and then you know, see how they react from that. And I started doing that, and what happened was people were just a lot happier. They were able to have the freedom to do the things that they were hired to do. And so, what does that answer show? Okay, that answer shows this: that one is I'm human. I make mistakes. I'm I'm not perfect at everything. I'm going to micromanage. I'm going to do these these things that are not good managing skills. But I'm mature enough to understand and recognize that I, I'm making these mistakes, and I'm mature enough to reach out to get help. So I reached out to a mentor. I did something proactive to try to improve in that area. Of course, I'm still always going to struggle in that area, but I'm getting better at it, right? And that's character, that's chemistry, and that's competency, right? I that's how it. you
1: apply those things in, in, into these types of questions. I love it, Tim. That is great. You know, we I, I threw a little bit out there about a good friend of mine that wrote the book Peak Interview, which has really been a... Uh, a yeah. tremendous success and in for particularly for executives and he had three basically kind of peak questions that he would if you had the time as you're going through an interview first one was if if I'm the ideal candidate for the company what do you what do you see me helping you with mm-hmm. okay so that gets the again getting the involvement from a macro level and then if you get another chance you know uh if I'm a, if I'm the ideal candidate for you or I'm looking you're looking to hire uh, how am I going to take and, and be able to help you So that's the interviewer, the person that you're going to be working with. And then the last one, if the only one you ever get to ask, and this is great, uh, is, hey, uh, you know, it sounds like you've had a great career uh, all the way through. What is the the biggest success that you're the most proud of? You're you're the proudest of. Okay, now that takes it right to them. And I have to tell you, Tim, what the anecdotally what's come back is the interview never ends on time yeah <laughs> and you stand out in their mind because you were t- you got them talking about themselves you know yep. and uh and again this is at the executive level because as as uh, bill has experienced and so have i you got five resumes sitting there everybody they're impeccable everybody's got great degrees they've had great experiences how are you how are you going to stand out amongst any of the five or the yep. four right yep. what's going to make you distinct versus yep. anybody else that's there and to your point it's hit, nailing these specific things that there are going to resonate with them. But I think you'd probably agree if uh, you know, you also have the opportunity to interview them. Uh, As I, and this might sound a little bit cavalier, but any job that I interviewed for, it wasn't a matter if they were going to hire me. It was a matter if I was going to go to work for them. You know, because I think it's a 50-50 proposition. As much as you're you're they're looking for a fit with you, you have to look to see if they're going to be a fit also for you. And uh, I think those are the kind of things that I've experienced because a lot of people fall into this trap of just taking a job. You know, they get an offer and they take a job without really thinking through that as to is this really a fit? Do these line up with my values? Do they line up with, you know, certain things that I'm looking for in a job? And let's face it, values are vague. Those are huge. Not only are they looking for, like you said, character and, and your character, but what about the character of the people you're going to be going to work with? Yeah. Um, you know, I've, I've had some pretty tough experiences where, uh, you know, I got in with a couple of people that really had less than admirable integrity and in other things you know so yeah. uh and i can rub off but anyway that's my two cents so yeah what else tim what, what does, to wrap this up here we got about a minute so
2: yeah yeah um one more piece of advice actually and it relates to all of this right when you're talking about character and chemistry and competency is um just say thanks you know yeah. after after you're done with an interview you know, and don't just thank the person that interview you. Thank everyone throughout the process. The person, you know, the the executive assistant who maybe set up the call, you know, or set up the interview, who sent you the, the logistics. Um, and all of that, again, it shows it shows, I mean, besides just being a really good thing to do, is it really shows a lot about your character. Right. Yeah. And um, and I I think, you know, people forget to do that. Um, a That's lot of great. people forget to do that, but hiring managers, you know, they, they love to see that.
1: I love it. Well, listen, folks, I can't believe we're out of time. This has been a fabulous time. I can't thank you enough for being my guest today. And folks, just come back every Saturday, noon to one o'clock here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life, where we're helping to offer entrepreneurs and individuals and mid-market companies and their teams advanced business development and sales skills. So check us out next Saturday here on AM 1160, Faith Marketplace.